Hello and welcome to Grace Life Sir Lowry's Pass. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Okay, so I was praying this week and I was asking God about what we should focus on and I had a desire to, to work through one of uh, Paul's letters um, and I was like asking God, Lord, should I pray or should I preach about um, Galatians or Ephesians or Thessalonians? Which, which letter from Paul would you like me to preach on? And I just felt that Ephesians, the book or the letter to the Ephesians is what God has laid on my heart. And I believe that he's definitely going to bless us this morning. He always blesses us with a good word. But uh, yeah, so let's get ready to receive. So today we will be looking at the letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians. The letter to the Ephesians. Paul wrote this letter about 61 years after Jesus was on the earth. Paul was in prison in Rome when he wrote this letter. Paul wrote this letter to believers in the churches of Ephesus. Okay, So this is a church that he himself planted when he was uh, on one of his missionary journeys. I'm not sure if it's his first or second, but on one of his missionary journeys, uh, he established a church in the city of Ephesus. <clears throat> so he is writing to this city, uh, to this uh, church that he himself planted. Um, we're not sure who was the leader of the church at the, at the time, whether it was Timothy or Titus or someone. But uh, he writes to this group of people. And if we want to understand why we are here and who we are as human beings, what our identity is, what our purpose is in life, then this letter is the perfect letter to study. What we believe about ourselves is very, very important. Amen? What we do, our actions, how we see the world, how we feel about others and people, our entire lives are formed and shaped by what we believe. Okay? Our outlook on life is influenced by what we believe. Ons uitkijk op die lewe word beinvloed dier wat ons because what we believe influences the choices that we make. And the choices that we make throughout our lives brings us to this point. Amen. We are at this point in our lives because of the choices that we made. Okay? Amen. I agree that sometimes bad things happen uh, that we had no control of. Of. No. no? But we always have the choice of how to respond to bad situations. Okay. But this, I'm just highlighting to you how important it is to believe the right thing. Okay. <clears throat> Think about how you feel when you wake up in the morning. Do you wake up with a positive attitude? Do you wake up feeling thankful for a new day? Or do you wake up and you just want to go back to sleep? <laughs> Maybe in the winter we all feel like that to some degree. You just feel like you want to pull the blanket over your head and just go to sleep. But do you wake up feeling, feeling negative? 
Do you wake up with fear in your heart about what the may, what the day may hold for you? Eh? How do what do what do you think a little bit with me this morning about how do you feel when you wake up in the mornings? Okay, what is your outlook on life? What is your eight Is it negative? Verwacht je altijd net die slechtste? Are you always expecting the worst? Or do you have a positive outlook on life? Het jy een positieve uitkijk op die lewe? Dink een bykie daarover. If we knew who we are, if we knew what God feels about us, as ons Godse hart vir ons ken, en ons glode, do you think your outlook on life will be different? Do you think your outlook on life would be different if you knew what God felt about you? Ek dink so. Ek dink ons uitkijk op die lewe gaan baie anders wees. Our outlook on life will be way different if we knew and believed, really believed what God says and believes and feels towards us. Paul was writing this letter to encourage the people of Ephesians or the believers in Ephesians to think of themselves in a whole new way. He wanted them to think of themselves not as people who had once been involved in all kinds of sins and idol worship, but as people in Christ, people with a radical new identity. So the believers in Ephesians, they were, they were, they came out of... Um, they weren't Jews, okay? They weren't Jewish people. They were pagans. They were idol worshippers. They were worshipping statues. They were worshipping uh, man-made ideas. Man-made gods. And the lives that they lived were sinful. Amen? So Paul is writing to them to, to tell them to stop seeing themselves according to the old selves, according to who they were. He is writing to, to, to highlight to them a new identity, a new identity, okay? And that is what we should do too. When we spend time in the Word, we are going to be confronted with truth, and the truth <coughs> will reveal the lies that we did not even know we believe. And in that moment, we need to decide to replace the lie with the truth. Yeah. Okay? Yes. Many times, we all have a past, no? <laughs> we all have a past that, that uh, of a person we were and things we did, performances, before we got to know Jesus. Paul is encouraging us to, to f- change our focus, to shift it away from who we were in the past. Because people will call you out on your past, no? Yeah. They will look to you and they will look at and remember your performance in the past. You were this or that. No. That's not what we need to do, what we must do. It is very important that we forget about the past because God has forgotten about the past. God has forgotten about the past, your past, which you might be ashamed of. No? You might be ashamed of the past, but... Be ashamed no longer because God has forgiven and forgotten that past. Amen. And He is encouraging you to shift your focus to who you now are. So, the letter to the Ephesians is all about who we are in Jesus. Okay.
So you got to know that this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Okay, so let's open our Bibles and read together Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Uh, Ephesians 1 verse 1. Ephesians 1 verse 1. I'm going to read through it. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God, to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before He made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into His own family by bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. This is what He wanted to do and it gave Him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace He has poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. Verse 7 He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. He has showered His kindness on us along with all (laughs) wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us His mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill His own good plan. And this is the plan. I like how how he doesn't leave it hanging. He he tells us, this is the plan. (laughs) At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, we are united with Christ Furthermore, we, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For He chose us in advance, and He makes everything work out according to His plan. God's purpose was that the Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you, Gentiles, have also heard the truth. The good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom He promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He has purchased us to be His own people. He did this 
so we would praise and glorify Him. Amen. That is verse 14. We are only going to read until verse 14 this morning. As I read through the scripture, there are many things that stand out to me. Huh? How about you? There are many things that will bless us. This is an amazing portion of scripture and there really is a lot that we can dig into. But the first thing that stands out to me when I read through this whole piece of scripture is how many times Paul mentions Christ. Huh? How many times Paul mentions Christ. Paul refers to Christ 14 times in these 14 verses. Everything that God has given us is because of Jesus. Amen. It is all connected to Him. Amen. Just look at uh, verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. And then verse 5 again, he says, God brings us into His own family through Jesus Christ. Uh, verse 11, furthermore, because we are united with Christ, it is all thanks to us being one with Jesus that we are so blessed. Amen? Amen. It is our unity with Jesus that makes us God's children. It is our unity with Jesus that makes us overcomers, that makes us victors. That's beautiful. It is all because of Jesus. Amen. Let's read again verse 1. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus. That is the first point that I want to bring to our attention. He is writing to God's holy people in <coughs> Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. That is a very, well not a very common, but that is the introduction or the, the greetings that Paul gives to many of the churches. Okay, uh, or many, In many of the letters that he wrote, he gives this kind of greeting. Uh, he greets them as God's holy people in Ephesus. Immediately, Paul reminds them that they are holy people. Okay? Immediately, Paul reminds them that they are holy people. We can page to almost every one of Paul's letters and see the same reminder. Romans 1 verse 6. Romans 1 verse 6. I'm going to read for you the, the, the greetings that he, he puts in his other letters. It says in Romans 1 verse 6. You are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. Wow. We are called to belong to Jesus Christ. That is beautiful. I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and called to be His own holy people. 
It's very much the same as Ephesians, no? He reminds them in Romans, we are loved by God and are called to be His own holy people. Holy people. And then 1 Corinthians 1 verse 2. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 2. I think it's the next book or the next letter that we have in our Bibles. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 2. says, I am writing to God's church in Corinth, to you who have been, listen to the words, no? listen to these words, called by God to be His own holy people. Huh? There it's again. He made you holy by means of Jesus Christ. Just as He did for all people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Their Lord and ours. Verse 3. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. So that was his greeting to the Corinthians. And let me remind you the Corinthian church was pretty messed up. There was a lot of sin in the Corinthian church. And yet he starts by saying, You holy people, God's holy people, His own holy people. Wow. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 1. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 1. I'm just reading the, the, the opening, uh, the greetings that Paul is giving to the churches. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 1. I am writing to God's church in Corinth and to all of His holy people throughout Greece. Okay. So he was writing to Philip as well. <laughs> You're, you're holy, Philip. Did you know? That's good. That's good. To all of His holy people throughout Greece. Okay, then we have Ephesians, which we are, we are looking at. And then Philippians 1 verse 1. Philippians 1 verse 1. He greets the believers in Philippians 1 verse 1. He says, This letter is from Paul and Timothy, <coughs> slaves of Christ Jesus. I am writing to all of God's holy people. Thank you, Stephen. Stephen is listening this morning. God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and deacons. Okay? So to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus and the church leaders and deacons. Okay, they belong to Jesus too, no? the leaders and the deacons. <laughs> okay, a little joke. Coloss Colossians 2, uh, no, Colossians 1 verse 2. Colossians 1 verse 2. This is his greeting to the Colossians. We are writing... To God's holy people. There it is again. We are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae. I think that's how you pronounce it. Colossae or Colossae, I'm not sure. Who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Isn't it? That's quite cool, I think. Um, Paul did write a few other letters. He wrote uh, the letter to... Titus and to Timothy, but in those letters it is addressed to those specific specific guys like Timothy and Titus and who's the other guy? Let me just see. 
Not that that's very important now, but Philemon, yeah. Philemon, and um, then it goes on to the other, the other apostles like John. Uh, their greetings is a bit more, is a bit different. Okay, but this is how Paul greeted the, the believers. Paul did not use this greeting because he thought it sounded nice. He used this greeting to purposefully remind the believers. Purposefully remind the believers that they are holy. Remind the believers that they are holy. To remind them that they are called by God. And to remind them that they belong to God. Do you know this this morning? Amen. Do you know that you are holy? Amen. Do you know that you are called by God? Amen. Do you know that you belong to God? Amen. 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 I hope you do. Amen. It is important to remember that these churches, these believers he was writing to, they were not living perfect lives. Okay? Mm. Each of these churches had their own issues. There were disunity in the churches. There were divisions. Uh, there was unforgiveness. There was sin. There was immoral behavior. There was legalism. Like the church in Galatians, they were holding on to man-made traditions, legalism. Uh, there were false teachings. There was a lot of confusion okay, in these churches. There were problems between the Jewish and the Gentile believers in these churches. I don't know if you can say that that's a form of racism. Between the Jewish, it's two different nations. Prejudice. Prejudice, yes, that's a better word. There were prejudices in these churches. Uh, in some of these churches, there were people who were rejecting Paul as a leader. Okay, mm -hmm. accusing him of many things. Yet, Paul writes to these churches, and the very first things he reminds them of is God's love for them. And that they are holy, chosen and called by God. Isn't that amazing? Amen. So I want to do the same this morning. I am talking to God's holy people. Amen. In Salaris Pass. Who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. That is what you are. Believe it. Okay, but why? Why could Paul say these things? On what grounds? On what grounds are we holy? Eh? What do you think? We wash by the blood of Jesus. Amen. 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 Ephesians 1 verse 4. Ephesians 1 verse 4. <clears throat> Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, Even before He made the world. Think about this, guys. We're going to have to put our thinking caps on. Okay? <laughs> our meditation hats. Okay? Because you won't get the, the full, um, how shall I say, impact of this if you if we don't think about this if we don't meditate on this okay um, 
Even before He made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. Paul could say this because we are made holy by what Jesus has done, like you guys have said now. Think about it. This is truly amazing. God loved you. I love how it says, before He made the world. God loved you long before you even existed. Think about it. You didn't even exist. What knowledge? According to the Bible interpreters, the world existed between 6,000 and 10,000 years. Okay? Uh, science says it's much longer. Billions of years. But let's go with what the Bible says. Okay? Amen. Between 6,000 and 10,000 years, the world existed. So think about this. 10,000 years before you were born. 10,000 years before you were born. Before you did anything good or bad. No? God was thinking about you with never-ending love. Doesn't that make you feel special? That made me, that gave me tears yesterday morning as I was thinking about this. God was thinking about you with never-ending love 10,000 years ago, before you even existed. He chose you to be His child. Chose you. Chose that you will be holy. Chose that you will be holy and without fault in His eyes. That's, that's amazing. If He did that, if He loved you before you even existed, why do we doubt God's love for us? Why do we doubt that God wants the best for us? Huh? It's foolishness. That's what it is. Because we don't know Him. Exactly. It's because we don't know Him. Um, let's jump on to verse 3, verse 6. Oh, jump back one verse. Ephesians 1, verse 3. Did I say that? What did I just say? <laughs> Can you count people? Okay. Let's jump one verse back to Ephesians 1, verse 3. Okay, Ephesians 1, verse 3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us, has blessed us with every, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Because we are united with Christ. This is another very important truth that we need to get. It says here that God has, has blessed us. No? What is has? This cloud has blessed us with every spiritual blessing available in heaven. There is no, there is no more spiritual blessings in heaven. He gave it all. He gave it all. He didn't hold anything back. It's beautiful. We are very rich. Amen. <laughs> That is the big problem, yeah. Ignorance. God isn't holding back anything good from us. We don't have to ask or 
beg God to bless us. There is no blessing we can ask for that God has not already given us. All we must do is become aware of what He has blessed us with. Okay. All we need to be, do is to become aware of these blessings. What is, what are these blessings? Okay. Imagine a child who wants a teddy bear for her birthday. Okay. The birthday comes and the mom gives her a present wrapped up with a nice card saying happy birthday. It's a teddy bear but it's in a shoebox. And the shoebox is covered with, what do you call that paper? Wrapping. Wrapping paper, thank you. Beautiful, shiny wrapping paper with nice stars on it. Okay. Now the, the <coughs> child, she starts crying. And she starts throwing a tantrum. Because it's not a teddy bear. What must the child do? Unwrap it. She must open it up. No? Open the present. Get the teddy bear inside. Many times we are like that child. We beg and we plead God for blessings that is already ours. Or we start working to earn the blessings that is already ours. God wants you to rip off the wrappings and enjoy the blessings He has given you. God enjoys watching His children enjoy the blessings. Okay? God wants to see you prosper. God wants to see you receive his blessings. He enjoys that. Yeah? God gives us a gift. Sometimes not exactly what we think. It's about, we don't know what's inside. So we throw it away instead of opening it and looking at it. And mm. that's like all this video now. I don't want that, you know. It's nothing but inside. Check it and then yeah. we don't like it. But inside could be a million dollars. Definitely. I think one of our biggest problems is that we value the things of this world. Yeah. We value uh, riches, we value possessions, and not what Christ has given us. Okay, so how do we, how do we rip off the wrappings? How do we do that? Yes? Give time and attention. We give time and attention to the Word of God. Amen. We do what we are doing now. We, just, we, we study the Word of God. Okay. Why are we blessed? Because we are united with Christ. Like I said in the beginning, everything we have and everything we are is because of our union with Christ. Verse, uh, Ephesians 1 verse 3 says that in, in the end it says who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ it is our unity with Christ that gives us these blessings okay Ephesians 1 verse 5 Ephesians 1 verse 5 God decided in advance to adopt us into His own family by bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. This is what He wanted to do and it gave Him great pleasure. How awesome is it to hear that? that it gave God great pleasure 
to have us in His family. This is so beautiful. God wanted you, so He brought you into His own family through Jesus. I love how it says um, that it is He that initiates this. Uh, he decided in advance to adopt us into His own family by bringing us to Himself. He brings us to Himself. He draws us to Himself. And it gave Him great pleasure. The word for pleasure here is um, satisfaction. Another word that we could use is satisfaction. Delight. Kindness. It was His wish. His purpose. So being a part of, of His family made God satisfied. Well, this means that we don't have to do anything to satisfy God. You don't have to be satisfied with God. You don't have to be satisfied with God. God is clear to freedom with you. God is already satisfied with you. Say this with me. God is satisfied with me. God is satisfied with me. I am God's delight. I am God's delight. You know like Turkish delight, no? Delight. It's like a... You are God's delight. I make Him happy. I make Him happy. Believe that, guys. You make God happy. This is true not because of your good performance, but because you are united with Christ. United with Christ. Okay. Ephesians 1 verse 6. Ephesians 1 verse 6. So we praise God. We can praise God. Amen. Amen. Paul says all of these things and it moves him to praise God, to write this. So we praise God for the glorious grace He has poured out on us. Listen to the words that he's using. His glorious grace that He has poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. He is so poor in kindness and grace. Is that correct? No. <laughs> he is rich. He is rich. He is, sorry for this uh, phrase, he is filthy rich. He is filthy rich in kindness and grace. You understand what I said now? Eh? God is not filthy, okay? He is filthy rich in kindness and grace. Um, that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. He has showered, listen to that word, showered. He has showered His kindness on us along with all wisdom, all wisdom and understanding. Wow. <clears throat> These words describe abundance. Abundance. Weet jy wat is abundance? Abundance is oor genoeg. More than enough. 
more than enough to supply for the need. It brings to my mind a waterfall, no? A waterfall that just comes from the biggest river you can imagine. It just keeps going, yeah, Jackie. It just keeps going and going and going. It's a glass being filled and filled and filled until it overflows and overflows and overflows and you wonder when is it going to stop, but it's not going to stop. Amen. Abundance. Grace has been poured out. He is rich in kindness and grace. He is not poor. We are showered with kindness. That makes me say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And then he says, He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. Just one thought. I'm not sure how to phrase it, but with regards to the previous statement, is that God has enough for your need. Amen. He has more than enough for your need. So we don't have to doubt whether God, it's God's will for us to be blessed. We don't have to doubt whether God has enough for us to be blessed. Amen? He has more than enough. He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. That is the price that God paid for you and me. That is the price that He paid for you and me. The blood of His Son and forgave our sins. Many times I think we feel a little guilty when we read this verse. I think, um, we think, wow, I better be thankful for this. No? Because God sure gave a lot, gave up a lot for me. As if we have this picture in our mind that God wanted to pay, but uh, it's a very heavy price to pay. Um, Okay, okay, I will pay the price. But that is not the, that is not God. No? It is true, it was a tremendous price to pay. It cost Him, the perfect and sinless one, to come and die a disgraceful death of a sinner. A savage and brutal death on a cross. A device of torture it actually was. But let me tell you, your Heavenly Father did not think twice to save you. God didn't think twice to save you or to make you His child. He came running. Jesus came running. I love how that song says, Grace came running after us. Amen. God has now, verse 9, God has now revealed to us His mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill His own good plan. Verse 10. And this is the plan. At the right time, He will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, once again, we have received an inheritance from God. For He chose us in advance. Yes. And He made everything work out according to His plan. Verse 12. God's purpose was that the Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. 
And now, you Gentiles, we are all here, we are Gentiles, okay? You Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own. We need to identify ourselves as His own, okay? It's an identity issue. This needs to become how we see ourselves, who we see ourselves to be, what we think and believe about ourselves when we wake up in the morning. As God's own, by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom He promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee. A guarantee. It will be so. There's no maybe, maybe not. It is a guarantee that He will give us the inheritance that He promised and that He has purchased us to be His own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify Him. Amen. There's a lot that can be said about these verses and we will get into them in the coming weeks. I don't want to, to overload us with too much to think about right now. So I will highlight one more thing. Verse 13. Verse 13. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom He promised long ago. Verse 13 says that we have heard the good news that saves us and it is when we believe in Christ no, that he identified us as his own God was glad to die for the sins of the whole world by his love and grace he extends the gift of eternal life which is relationship with him no? relationship to every person Every person on this earth has the opportunity to become his child. But we receive that gift by believing the gospel. Okay? We don't, we don't become his children automatically. That means uh, even an unbeliever can become God's child. We need to believe the gospel. Okay? That is when he deposits his Holy Spirit on the inside of you. That is when we become one with Jesus Christ. That is, that unity, from that unity comes all of the blessings that we read about this morning. All we need to do is open the gift and accept the invitation. How do we do that? We simply believe the gospel. When we do, God's plan comes to fulfillment. He puts His Spirit on the inside of you. We become one with Christ. So, when you wake up tomorrow morning, eh, you can jump out of bed and proclaim, My Father is the all-powerful God who made the universe. Wake up tomorrow morning with that thought. I am holy and faultless in God's eyes. Wake up with that thought tomorrow morning. Amen. What else? What else? 
acceptable. I'm acceptable to God. God accepts me. That is, these thoughts, we've heard them all. Né? But I promise you, there are people who don't know this. What else? God is satisfied with me. Yes, a court is the freedom it may. God is satisfied with me. What else, guys? God adopted us and gave us great pleasure. Amen. I am an adopted child of God. And He takes pleasure in me. God is happy with me. Wow. What else? He loves us. He loves us so, so much. He has given us every spiritual blessing. He has given you every spiritual blessing. You lack nothing. You lack nothing. That came to me like God is a spirit. And now you're in his kingdom. And he has given you every spiritual. Whatever belongs to him is yours. Yes. Whatever, Whatever belongs to, to God is ours. Amen. Rita, that's awesome. I also had something similar this morning where I thought like, does God lack anything? He doesn't lack anything. And He is in me. So I don't lack anything. How awesome is that? I am of great value to God. I am of great value to God. Do Do you realize the implications of that? If God values you, then He will take care of you. Do you feel your faith building? Yes. My faith is going through to the roof because I know that God loves me. If you know someone, you can trust them. If you can trust them, nothing is impossible. Amen? If you can trust God, nothing is impossible. What else is there? Before we even existed, God knows. Before we even existed. Yes. Also when you said God has more than enough bodies. I got a picture in my mind of a little ant. And me trying to feed that ant. I mean that ant could never eat everything I could feed him. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I was an eternal being, that ant is a limited. Yeah. It's like putting a piece of huge birthday cake in front of an ant. If that ant would worry... Yeah. Whether I have enough to feed it, it's laughable. Yeah, what kind <laughs> of God do we worship? Yeah. Or if you don't think that He can provide everything you need. Yeah. Amen. What else? In uh, seven. Yes. Uh, in the Greek, you go back and says it gives a, the impression you understand we were captive prisoners with with chains. Mm. And through his blood broke the chains. It's kind of the understanding he gives in the original. Yeah, so wow. he gives us free from the chains through his blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. He has freed us from every every oppression of the devil that you can think of. Every addiction, we are free of it. If you're still struggling with it, it means you don't believe it. Yeah, we are guaranteed to be His children. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I, I just like the certainty of it. It is that is for seeker. Jij is gered. Jij is Godse kind. Dis nie van miskien of miskien nie. Dis for seeker. I also got this picture like I saw a movie where there was something, but 
this, these parents, they wanted to adopt the child, but they asked the child, would you like uh, us to adopt you? Sure. And I feel that's what salvation is like. Would you like to be adopted? Exactly. Because they wanted the consent of the child. Yeah. So yeah. if the child said no, they would have done it. But yes. Yeah. God, that is beautiful what you highlight. God doesn't force us to be His children. No? He doesn't force us to be in relationship with Him for eternity. He's a gentleman. No? He gives us free will. It's our choice. It's your choice whether you want to be the child of this great and wonderful God. Amen. Amen. In, in many religions, actually most of the religions in the world, we the Lord they could that you are a child of God. The only Christians, we are I'm a child of God. The Muslim says God has no children. Mm. Sure. So that's amazing to understand here they say this greatness of love and creation We we need to understand that we literally become children of God. Mm. Like because he puts his spirit a part of who he is, his DNA, he puts on the inside of you. We become one with him. It's amazing. Yeah, it Truly, it is. Amazing. Amen. Sometimes we read Bible, we believe John one all our lives. But if you take it, meditate, like example, the one one, the beginning of the world, one twelve. So if you meditate, you'll be born again, as he said, you know, he took us into his family, become his own child, last child, his love. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Solaris Pass area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.